it's another episode of More Later, and we are still alive and kicking. Um, I had a little bit of a cough over the weekend, like a little bit on Friday. Not like a not like a cough, but just not like a persistent cough. Just kind of a couple of like, <coughs> and I kept thinking like, uh oh, something coming on. Right. But hopefully, uh, hopefully I'm in the clear. Did you get you you talked a few episodes ago about how you get a seasonal thing in like around time? I haven't. Have you, is it kicked up yet? Um, no, I just knocked on wood. It's yeah. um, not. It's so far so good, actually. I mean, I mean, it hasn't really popped up yet which I'm surprised it's probably as I get older, I, th- you know, I think I'm getting some like mild seasonal allergies. It might be that also, but, um, so far I haven't, haven't had my usual, um, spring cold. So I wonder if it's because it hasn't been nice out, although was it Friday that was really nice? Yeah. Uh, Thursday and Friday was yeah, really Friday, nice yeah. out. Yeah. And it's supposed to be, it's supposed to warm up the next few days too. Yeah. So, like you know, tomorrow in the sixties, Tuesday in the like low seventies. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I never really look at the weather forecast, but I just happened to look today and I saw that it's supposed to be like seventies on Tuesday. So yeah, that'll be nice. Were you, um, did you do ship this weekend? Uh, yeah, 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 I, I did. I did. Were that. you worried about like coughing while shopping? I didn't, it was kind of like a, a early morning and kind of like late afternoon thing. So I didn't even really notice it like while I was shopping, like I okay. didn't really do it while I was shopping. Um, did you mask up? No, I didn't. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn on the whole thing. I don't know how smart it is really to to be shopping, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if it's more like airborne. Like I'm not worried at all about, I shouldn't say not worried at all, but I'm somewhat less worried about getting it from surfaces because, you know, I'm, my hands don't really touch the cart at all. And, um, but you know, it, who's to say I'm not picking up a cereal box that some other contaminated person just picked up and looked at, you know? Right. And like, to me, it's more remarkable that there are still people that want me to shop for their groceries, you well, know? Cause like, well, I think they'll a big risk. Well, I mean, they're minimizing that risk though. Really? I mean, well, minimizing it from an air airborne perspective. Yeah. But like, you're letting me pick a nectarine for you, and you're really assuming that I've become so disciplined at opening paper, uh, uh, plastic bags now that I'm not licking my fingers anymore to open them. Right. And then grabbing your nectarine, which I have become disciplined. It drives me crazy trying to open plastic bags because, of course, my hands are so dry. I should put... I should put a picture of my hands on um, Instagram so people can see my hands, right? Because, like, you thought I was into hand sanitizer before. Right. Like, I've gone through an entire bottle of hand sanitizer in my car in, like, nine days. Wow. Just incessantly putting it on. Right. 
Um, so why don't they're, they're... you, uh, 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 why don't you wear one of those like rubber fingertips to get the bags open easier? Oh, I could, I forgot about those things. I could, yeah. and some people are shopping with gloves. Yeah. Little finger so, condom. Yeah. Yeah. One of those finger condoms. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw a, uh, customer today that wore one of those dinosaur costumes those like inflatable dinosaur costumes like into the store because it like you know it's like her own little bubble or something what was it a whole costume yeah but it was like this like eight foot inflatable dinosaur that she was walking around in (laughs) and I had never seen it before where the, you could see who was inside it. Right. Usually it's like, you know, it's all like brown or way. Cause my son had, has one, had one, I don't know. And he, he walked down the street in our neighborhood wearing that. And then he posted something on the town's Facebook group about how he saw a dinosaur walking <laughs> down the street. He kind of turned into like this big thing about, oh yeah, I saw that thing too, and like he was the one that did it. But um, when it because I saw that lady walking, and I was like, you know, this is twenty five percent her trying to protect herself from a virus, and seventy five percent her trying to gain some attention by walking around as a dinosaur, right? So. And she had like two people walking with her who I guess were like her entourage or spotters or something. I don't know. Was it a younger woman or? I think probably in her, in her, in like her twenties. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, I was annoyed, so I didn't pay too much attention to her, <laughs> but it, so at one point I'm in the aisle with the dinosaur lady and, and her two friends and then this other, and I hear this other lady behind me just like start singing, mm-hmm. but in this like high pitched, like just, I, I just wanted to, I, I, I thought, but I didn't say like, did someone tell you that you can sing because you can't like, can you just stop? Was it the, the uh, lady from a couple weeks ago with the headphones? <laughs> no, no, luckily it was not. But it was, and she was singing like, just, I can't even describe it. Like the, like, um, like a high, like falsetto. Right. You know how in, okay, this is, this is like uh, Mariah Carey or something. No, this is like an obscure reference for non-Pearl Jam fans, but you know, in, um, do the evolution. Right. Where they hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it sounded like, okay. but like even a little bit higher and but more annoying, right? And like you know, when you have 40,000 people in a stadium singing it, it sounds cool. When you have one lady who thinks that she's Mariah Carey, but right, sounds more like freaking I don't know, Drew Carey, like it's <laughs> just not, it's not good. So, there's a um. There's a lot of people out there that think they can sing and they can't. I mean, I yeah. will uh, sing and I, you know, I can't sing and I rarely do it in public. So 
but that kind of reminds me of the time in this past December, I went to um, Grand Rapids for continuing education, and I was um, staying at, I think it was a Doubletree Hotel, and um, they had this awesome bar there. It was this big bar. It was a really nice bar, and um, um, I went there on a Sunday, and it wasn't packed at all. It was, you know, I walked in it was me and two other people and this this kind of younger couple probably late 20s and i mean they were fine but the girl was um becoming increasingly irritating just getting loud and kind of just yapping and then she started to to sing like kind of like 90s alternative rock and and it was bad but i could tell that she like somewhere somewhere along the lines people encouraged her and that's fine i mean people should get encouragement but you know you gotta realize at times you can't do know your limitations. Okay, it's not like trying to change a fucking brake pad in your car. If you keep trying, you'll figure it out. It's fucking singing, okay? Yeah. You're either really, really awesome, and you're training to be a opera singer, okay? And yeah. you'll get better because your bass is fine. But if you can't sing and you're like me fucking not gonna get better so that was hers so she kept singing and singing and you know i'm hanging out and i'm like god this fucking chick is horrible but then this dude came out from the kitchen area he worked there and like knew them and was like hanging out and he kept encouraging i was like holy shit dude i thought you were gonna tell her to shut up but you're telling her to do more it's kind of a problem. So I just yeah. ordered more drinks and whatever. <laughs> yeah. Drink till it sounds okay, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but can you can you become a good singer? I mean, will singing lessons help you be a good singer? Or theoretically, like-, like it should. Like theoretically, your voice is an instrument there your vocal cords are these two ligaments that can be um stretched out and shaped but no i no i also think there's a there's a brain component to it also right because if there wasn't then people wouldn't have perfect pitch like people just have good ears like Rick's brother Dusty had he, he he's he just knows things he just yeah. hears things you can't teach that okay but but if he wanted to improve even farther than he already is then he can like me or you like especially at this point couldn't people. Right. People would probably argue that, but I, I don't think we 
could at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah, I remember hanging out in that building in the back of Rick's dad's house mm-hmm. in like the summer 98 or 99 mm-hmm. or whatever. And Dusty just, you were tuning a guitar mm-hmm. and you couldn't quite get it or something. And Dusty just took it and like tuned it like no problem. Yeah. And he, like hear the nose. Yeah. That just always like amazes me when somebody can just like mm-hmm. hear it and be like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. When, it, it, uh, it's really awesome. It reminds me on on my um, I took a, a musicianship class at VU, and the professor walks in and and uh, says, "Let me hear A." So he like wants us to sing an A chord, the note A, and I'm sitting there. I'm like. Who the fuck asked that? Like, yeah, I, know. Right. I can barely spot it uh, on a uh, on a fucking keyboard. I'm taking this class, so I'm gonna get kicked out of here, and <laughs> you're making right. it worse. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you but might as it, well it, be about like quantum mechanics or something. Right. Like, I don't know. But it's so awesome to see people like that. I, you know, like um. Dusty has it. Adam's Adam's brother Tom has that. Um, oh, right. Yeah. No, I've s- seen many other people, and I just marvel at it. It's it's really awesome to see people yeah. who who can just hear things that you know I try and try and try, and and I somewhat can recognize it, but but for a person that just I to to pick up on it right away is phenomenal. Yeah, I listened to this podcast episode of WTF a couple weeks ago with Ed Helms from like 2011, and Ed Helms plays the banjo, mm-hmm. and Mark Marin plays the piano or the guitar. So they were gonna jam a little bit, and Mark Marin picked up this guitar he had been playing, and he strummed a few, and they were both like, "Oh gosh, it's really out of tune," and he tuned it. And then he strummed it again, and they're like, that's better. And I was like, it sounds the same exact way. <laughs> I don't hear any difference. So I'm, I'm, I, I like to think that I know a little bit about everything, but I know nothing about music. And I can't, I, I'm not even going to pretend like I do, like, well, except that Pearl Jam episode that we did. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when you hear, uh, things over and over and over you start to pick up on it like like i'm to to the point now where i know something's wrong like if i'm learning a song and i like i look up the music online and i'm using that person's chords and i hear it i'm like okay that's fucking way off but i can't quite you know, I, I can get around and kind of think, okay, maybe if I change this note here, it'll uh, it'll sound better, but I'm not that good. Yeah, so. yeah, it's crazy. Well, it I would, the, the kids and I were hanging out last night, and um, we, were, we were playing a couple of board games here, and I had, I had my record player, I dug my record player out, and dug out like a few I, I have a bunch of records and 
I was going through them and I found this Herbie Hancock record, which right. I'm not even sure where I got it from, but I was like, all right, I don't like, I'm not a huge like jazz guy or like, you know, I don't know anything about it really, but I know I recognize the name Herbie Hancock. So, okay, I'll put it on. So I put it on and we're listening to it and playing the game and whatever. And the first, it's Herbie Hancock, the, al- the album's Fu- Future Shock, which I find out later is from like 1979 or 1980 or something like that. And we're listening to it. And um, my son, Ben, who's in orchestra, um, about you know two minutes into it, he's like, who is this? And I was like, it's, it's Herbie Hancock. And I was like, but this isn't at all what I expected it to sound like. It sounded, the song sounded almost like, um, not like techno, but kind of like, um, uh, I don't know, like 80s, like electrical music or something. Right. I think know? that album came out in like 82 or 83. Okay. Yeah. And, and the song, the song is Rocket. Which, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, this sounds kind of familiar. But so I tell Ben who it is, and he's like, man, I really like it. And um, so we listen to it, and like, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's not at all what I expected, but it sounds it sounds pretty cool. So that song ends, and then the next song starts. And so that first song is completely instrumental, no singing. It's just complete instrument. The next song starts, and this woman starts singing. And as soon as she starts singing, we all just kind of look at each other and we're like, what's wrong? And then I was like, oh, I have it on the wrong speed. Mm. I have the on the wrong speed. Because right before that, I had listened to one of the Pearl Jam uh, 10 Club holiday releases, okay. which is 45. Right. And this was like the bigger one. What is it? 33 or 78 or whatever the hell it is. Right. And I didn't change the speed of the record. So the first song we were listening to was like all sped up, which, which explains why it didn't sound like I expected it to sound like. But we went back and listened to it at regular speed and it still sounded a little bit different. But um, I, we couldn't make it through the second song just the way it, the second song was like too disco-y or something. But uh, if you get a chance, Rock It by Herbie Hancock, it's a pretty cool song. And if you get a chance to listen to it at the wrong speed, it's even cool. <laughs> it's even cool. <laughs> I think it's thirty-three-ish. Uh, should should be at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It should be at thirty-three, but we had it at forty-five. Right. Because the forty-fives are the smaller ones, right? That's what the yeah. samples yeah. come out as the yep. holiday ones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The one we listened to was. Um, Rocking in the Free World they did with U2 in Australia in like 2006. Oh, okay. I just pretty awesome. found one. I was cleaning a closet out and I uh, found one from uh, PJ20. It was um, All Night and in the Moonlight. Oh, man. Those are great songs. Mm-hmm. I like In the Moonlight. I like all night too. I like them all, whatever. <laughs> so an, another thing we did, we kind of had a hangout night at my house last night, but another thing that we did was we watched this show that I was talking about the other day 
uh, Gordimer Gibbons' Life on Normal Street. Okay. And we're watching it, and the, the storyline of the episode is that this, like, wimpy kid who everybody kind of sees as, like, the class clown and is kind of a joke, is tired of being a joke to everyone, so wants to be taken seriously. So he decides one of the ways that he can be taken seriously is to, to join karate. One of his friends tells him, like, hey, come to karate with me. You'll be tough, and people will take you seriously. So he shows up at karate, and the, the teacher, the sensei, like pulls him aside like he he asks him to do something and he obviously doesn't know what he's doing and he's like the whole class kind of makes fun of him but then after after the class the sensei is like hey you showed a lot of heart just going out there and doing it i like that and i'm looking at the guy and i'm like that guy looks really familiar and i can't quite place him but then about 10 seconds later i was like no that cannot be johnny from the karate kid oh was it it was like as soon as i realized who it was i was like that has to he looks he looks i mean he looks 30 years older but he looks the exact same william zorba or william zubchak or something yeah, yeah yeah and um and i just thought like the karate kid and here he's playing karate like they had to have gotten him for the part specifically because of that how like there has to be how old is it? The show? Yeah. Uh, this episode was from like 2015. Oh, okay. Like season one, season one, or no, we're on season two now, I think. So it's, I think it's 2016. Actually. Okay. So, I mean, it's not an old show, but I looked him up on IMDb. Mm-hmm. And he only has like 51 credits. So it's not like he's been doing a ton of work right. in the last you know, 36 years. Since well, the past movie. two years, they have that Cobra Kai on YouTube. On, oh, that's right. Which, he in that? Yes, he he's he's the main focus of it, actually. It's a really good oh, show. It's a really good show. Is it? It is awesome. I At first, um, um, a couple years ago, there were really really uh marketing it on youtube and on tv yeah. and i'm like I'm, it's like come up with a new concept and i and, and i right. kind of didn't really pay attention and then dave texted me and he checked if i watched it and i told him no when when i was visiting him in 2018 we watch season one and i got i got hooked it, it it is it is a really good show actually all right maybe i'll check it out then mm-hmm. it's a I, I, I didn't realize he was in it i thought it was the uh i thought it was the his like teacher i thought he was the no no it kind of he's he's the main character and it kind of gives his life like after the after the all valley tournament and he's this fucking loser and that whole that like destroy his life well, yeah 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 and what, what you end up 
looking at it from the other perspective and they like later on like go into the his like history and why why he was a bully possibly but you end up he he becomes the uh sympathetic character and then ralph macchio was brought in he and he's 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 a luxury car dealership owner and he has the perfect kids and wife and life is good but he's kind of seen as like a little bit of an asshole the the roles change sort of it's really good yeah check it out yeah yeah i might i might check it out because like um I don't know, Daniel, Daniel LaRusso, I could see him like turning into, you know, like the, the kind of guy that just lives off that all valley. Right. Right. And, and it's interesting because he really does want to continue doing good, but he ends up making himself look like a jerk because he's not willing to give Johnny this second chance sort of oh right because he well, knows what cobra kai is even at the end of that movie like johnny hands him the trophy and mm-hmm. he's like you're all right larusso even that like right. every time i watch that i get like a little choked up just because <laughs> like you're redeeming i'm not I, I showed this movie to my kids like last year or the year before i was surprised like at the end i seriously got like choked up i love that movie you're you're the best is one of the fucking greatest god like 80s songs ever yeah and just seeing like that point where mr miyagi just like Right. Together. Uh-huh. Right. It just like gives me chills. Like, jeez. I don't know, man. That's, that's, uh, watching it though, I was, I think, and I think I told you this when I, when I talked to you about it, like last year or the year before, I was surprised how much of it I didn't remember. Yeah. Like, the beginning of the movie, like, and I think it's because a lot of times I just pick it up like in the middle of it, you know, mm-hmm. so I see, you know, the end or whatever, but I don't remember a lot of the beginning of the movie. It was like, I was watching it for the first time. Whereas like I can quote some of the lines from near the end of the movie, you know, cause I've watched it so many times, but I don't know. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, it's on YouTube, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's on, um, uh, the, youtube premium or whatever okay yeah all right maybe i'll check that out yeah it's worth it all right um so i was reading this article about this kind of gets back to the the shopping thing so one of the things that everybody's going to remember about this whole pandemic thing is toilet paper right and how like it's suddenly a hot commodity and, you know, everybody who I've heard talk about it, like in the stores or whatever, keeps mentioning like, oh, people are hoarding it. And why are people going so crazy about toilet paper? And like, you know, people are stocking up what's going to happen with toilet paper. And especially because like 
it's not like it's a mask or gloves or hand sanitizer or something that's going to help you prevent help prevent you from getting the virus right like it, it has no direct correlation to the virus but still people are you know the perception is that people are hoarding it or whatever but I read this article today that pointed out the problem isn't with people hoarding it. And it's not like a lack of production of toilet paper. And it says that like the reason that there's a toilet paper shortage is so obvious that very few people have thought about it. And I didn't think about it. Have you, do you know what I'm, can you imagine what I'm going to say here? I, uh, I have no clue actually. Okay. And I, I think I would imagine that most listeners probably don't know, but when I tell you it's going to make complete sense and you're going to know like why, why it's a problem. It's because so much of the demand has switched from the commercial market to the consumer market. So people were going to the bathroom before at stores or um, you know, in their college dorms or at work or all of these places where now you're only going to the bathroom at home. So you need more toilet paper because you're going to the, like, so, you know, the, the thought what people think, oh, you're not using more. No, you actually are using more toilet paper. And Georgia Pacific, who is kind of a leading toilet paper manufacturer, said that most people will actually use about 40% more toilet paper than they normally do when you're home all the time. And it makes like perfect sense, especially because the commercial toilet paper market is so different from the consumer toilet paper market. Commercial as in like the... As in non, non-residential. The, right, the same... Well, um uh they're not using fucking Charmin Ultra though. That's that's right. But and that's but like Charmin Ultra only produces so much because people, you know, the the toilet paper market is consistent. There's no like ups and downs in the toilet paper market. Right. But now because people are going to the bathroom more at at home, there is an up in the toilet. There's a spike in demand. Do you think it's well it's is that the same as people think that there'll be some like massive massive quarantine and you can't leave your house period like everything is shut down well maybe like that's that's why i think people are hoarding it because they're worried that things will hit that point but what they're saying is that like it's not even that people are hoarding especially now because they're putting like purchasing limits on it. You know, like you, if you go to the store, you can only buy two packages. Okay. So like there should be enough to go around, but there's still not because so many people are buying it and so many people did buy it. So if you think about, so like in the commercial market is vastly different from the consumer market, because if you think about like when you go to the bathroom in a public place, the toilet paper is horrendous. Right. Like it's, it's basically sandpaper. It is. It's super thin. It's, if it's two ply, you're lucky. It comes on like these huge rolls oftentimes. And like, it's just not something that you would buy for your house. 
So shifting that production to consumer, like Charmin, Quilted Northern, all of that stuff, like often they come not just from different companies, but even different paper. It's different, like a different product entirely. So what they were saying was that the consumer markets, they were already going at 24 hours a day. Like toilet paper factories run all the time as it is. So it's not even like they can just say, okay, we'll ramp up production. They can't. It's just that people are actually using more because they're home all the time and they're not going to restaurants or, you know, wherever. And I was in um, Whole Foods and it's right by or nearby is that um, Carabas Italian restaurant. Yeah. And there were there was a person in the lobby of Whole Foods handing out rolls of toilet paper in a Carabas bag. So, so <laughs> it's like some a like worker there. Yeah, the like paper? a worker at Carabas. They had taken all of their their toilet paper that they had for the restaurant, put it in a Carabas bag, and were just handing it right. to people at at Whole Foods, which, you know, it's not bad. People are looking for toilet paper. It's a good, and you know, you can't, you can't sell your pasta. So give away and you don't need your toilet paper. Right. So give it away. But are there like know. that m- many people using public bathrooms? Well, I, I, I don't know, like not necessarily restaurants, but if you just think about like people that go to work, you know, you spend eight hours a day at work using the bath and like, Okay, not me. I'm. I don't use any toilet paper at work because I'm not going to the bathroom at work. Right. But I'm not a woman, and if I was a woman, then I'd be using a crap load of toilet paper because I have to pee every two seconds. So, you know, a lot of that toilet paper that's used in the workplace, or they they pointed out like how how much college dorms use. I mean, you have hundreds of thousands of kids that are away at college using toilet paper in dorms that now aren't. So they they said like, it's it's a very significant difference in the market. And it's not something that, you know, there aren't ups and downs in the toilet paper market, usually, because people go to the bathroom, you know, it's a pretty consistent thing. Right. Anyway, I just thought it was an interesting thing, like, that most people probably haven't thought of. Because, really, like, when you go to Meyer, you have no chance of getting toilet paper unless you're there early in the morning. And, And today, there was no toilet paper, even early in the morning. So, like, you're just out of luck. Right. I think I, the last time I bought toilet paper was at Strax a couple weeks ago. And I think I just rolled in at the, like, right time. Right. Yeah. I mean. Just got lucky. And, yeah. And, yeah. It's, when this was all happening before, you know, like, right at the onset here in this area you know i went to uh, meyer and people were buying like 12 packages of toilet paper the, yeah. the like big ones like taking like two shopping cart fulls. yeah i don't know yeah I mean, so i mean in that respect i guess hoarding had had to have something to do i with think that, hoarding but... and panic buying is a huge part and like now they can't keep up 
because yeah. of the production or whatever. Right. I don't know. Right. But yeah. I don't know. It's I, and but they also talked about like bananas, like foods food service bananas are uh, usually much smaller bananas and they're shipped separately to like you know restaurants and and um, other places that use bananas they're not shipped in necessarily in bunches they're shipped in in individual individually in containers mm -hmm. and so even to just ramp up production of bunches and shipping in that way is a big difference for like the banana market they just had you know just these things that just shifting everything from out in the world into everybody's houses just is a real big change but i don't know man the change i like most is just working at my house and not having to go out and drive to work every day yeah it's two hours a day two hours a day which I've done the math before. I might have talked about it on here before. That's 19 days a year. Right. Like if this kept up for a year, I'd have 19 extra days a year not commuting. That's huge. It is huge. And like now, I, you know, I don't, even, I don't even have to wake up till 8 a.m. My kids aren't in school. I don't have to go to work. So I wake up at 8 instead of 6. <laughs> it totally changes your life. Right. What I like is the less traffic oh hell yeah I mean, traffic is great yeah and and i don't knock on wood i don't i don't notice as many cops out now <laughs> you know, so funny so i'm driving like 9500 on 8094 just to <laughs> see just to see if there are any cops out there and it's it's just daring you to, daring to pull like you over. Like driving on the fucking Autobahn now. It's fantastic. <laughs> I I got from from my house to this area in Portage on Wednesday in 22 minutes. Oh my god! It was awesome. Man, you must have been flying. I was hauling ass, and and there was like, and there were still people passing me up. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. No matter how fast you go, man, there's always going to be people yeah. passing you. That's crazy. Well, I just know, like, driving, you know, around here, and sometimes if I have to go a little farther, like, just there and back, you right. know, sometimes a Saturday afternoon is, like, what it's usually at, like, at, like, 7 a.m. on a Sunday. Yeah. It's, it's nice. I, I noticed uh, when I do, I think I ran some errands like friday after uh, afternoon when it was pretty warm out it was awesome that was the first time i thought like wow this is regular traffic like there were tons of people out yeah yeah i i uh i cut no i didn't cut short my work day i wouldn't do that right <laughs> i um brought my laptop to the park to work <laughs> on Friday afternoon and it was there were there was a lot of traffic just driving even past the park where I was right. just on the laptop watching my kids play while I was hard at work that's right <laughs> wait I, did, I haven't asked you what's in the glass tonight um 
tonight's drink of choice is Blom Brothers uh, Rye Whiskey. They're a distillery out of Galena, Illinois. So okay. kind of a local place. Uh, it's pretty good. It's not any... It's... Um, I would recommend it as an everyday rye whiskey. It's it's not going to blow you away with the spiciness of a kind of a rye that you're looking for, like a Willet or Michter's or Journeyman, but uh, it's a nice everyday rye that is versatile with neat on the rocks and it makes a pretty good Sazerac cocktail so i would highly recommend it all right i was gonna go with the scotch tonight but when i when i got to the store i just felt i was just like i don't really feel like looking for this so i just well um before you buy scotch we have to talk Okay. Well, that's what I was going to do. I was going to text you and be like, look, I need a, like a beginner scotch yeah. here. What should I do? But then I was like, eh, I'm just going to grab a beer. Yeah. I, so one of the, I hear this often and people tell me that they're not into scotch. They hated it. They've had it. They've had it a few times and I'll try to pry and figure out what, what they had because there are like four or five regions of uh, scotch which which um dictate what the profile is so so if you have what i often find is people have isla that's the isla region which is the profile is peaty and smoky and it's very direct and it's not something you want to try right away right Um, you want a space site or a highland which are lighter and more vanilla honey flowery type but we'll talk about that but so so i've had people um I kind of like help them out. They'll have tastings and I'll show them because at first they hate it because of their first experience. But then after bringing out the different regions, they're like, Oh shit, this is, there's tons of scotch out there. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that's what I was reading about. Um, I did a fair amount of reading about it today Mm -hmm. and it's like, don't go for like, you know, the high end ones or like the more intense ones right off the bat. Cause like, you're not going to be ready for them. You're not going to be used to them and you're going to like totally turn yourself off from it. Right. You know? and like just, you know, start, um, you know, small and go from there. Mm-hmm. But I was, yeah, I was all gung ho about it as I was reading about it. And then like, I was just kind of, I, I just felt kind of like run down as I was going to get it. And I was just like, eh, I'm just going to get four pack of 18th street brewery Rubicon. And that'll sure. just, yeah. And, and I was right. It's doing just fine. Excellent. Um, D- but- so 
we just took a break. You mm-hmm. got a beer. I want to use the bathroom. <clears throat> Do you ever entertain yourself in the bath? So we pee. <laughs> frequently you pee way more than i do but it's a ritual that can get boring and sometimes i like to change it up like i'll stand at a different side of the toilet or like i'll like walk back and see how far i can shoot it in like so shit i did when when i was nine I was going to say, you haven't progressed in like 30 years. I, so, do you ever do that stuff or is it just me? What I sometimes what I'll do is if I know that I have to pee a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm like worried about somebody hearing me pee, uh-huh. like I'll shoot for the ceramic instead of the water. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just going to be like less intense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do that. The other thing is that um, sometimes I'll like choose a spot mm-hmm. like and be like, all right, I'm aiming for that. Target practice. You know? yeah. yeah. And like I used to, I loved it when my kids were, were potty training and they would have like the potty seat that goes on top of the toilet seat. Mm -hmm. So it makes the hole like much more narrow, like much smaller because it's like a seat on top of a seat. Right. Like a normal person would just take that potty seat off and like go to the bathroom. Not, no, not to me. It's a challenge. Like, all right, now I'm going to get it in this like five inch diameter hole. Right. See if I can. So if you don't, just clean it up. Exactly. Do you ever sit down to pee? Yeah. Why would I do that? Well, okay, I'll tell you why. So, in the mornings, I will because I've had this like long history of when I first get up, I'm usually a little lightheaded. And when I'm peeing, when I'm doing a morning pee, it's elongated. So the more I'm up, the more lightheaded I get. So like several years ago, I was just like, why? <laughs> what am I doing? Just fucking sit down. So, so that's when I'll do it. Also... Like, if I know I've, like, held it in for too long and I'm going to have an Austin Powers pee, then I'll sit down also. Yeah. So, no, I mean, it's no. probably, like, 10% of the time, really. Yeah. No, I mean, in the morning is, like, I sit in the morning because I have to do certain things. Mm-hmm. That's like the only time of day that I do it. Right. Like I, I get that done in the morning and then I'm good till the next morning. I'm not doing any of that like midday stuff. It just boggles my mind that that happens. Dude, it happens. You need to train your body 
to be able to get it done in the morning. When you have the digestive system I have, that's not always possible. Because <laughs> I put my body through hell. And, and, and sometimes <laughs> it's just like, fuck you, asshole. You want to drink scotch and bourbon and fucking mezcal constantly? Well, then here you go. <laughs> well, like on the rare on the rare occasions that I can't limit myself to the morning one, uh-huh. it just I just feel like a fucking failure. <laughs> I'm just like you. You have to do better than this. <laughs> it just, and and like if at all possible, that's a two that's a two shower day easy. Oh, like, oh yeah. I mean, it's getting clean constantly afterwards. But you know, with like that said, I'll eat relatively clean like Sunday through Thursday and then I throw my body for a loop on Friday and Saturday and then come Sunday morning it's like my body says okay fucker you're once again confusing things and you're going to pay the price well this was not on my topic of things to talk about tonight. But, hey, we always say this is just us hanging out. Yeah. Sometimes it's just us hanging out. This is what you get. I know. Sorry. And those of you who have hung out with us before know that this is what you get. Oh, sometimes. yeah. Yeah. This is this is it i mean this is how it goes yeah um all right well on that note uh let me see let me get back to my list here i got sidetracked here um oh but kind of on the same on the same this is a bathroom themed show apparently are you do you subscribe to the eight glasses of water a day theory well, that on average would only be like 64 to 96 ounces. I I try to, well, not try, I do rather easily. I drink a gallon of water every day. Of just water? Yeah, just water. So do you have, you? how do you know it's a gallon? You have a bottle or something? Oh, yeah, you use that life water. Yeah, I reuse the bottle, but, like, uh, recently to to help um, do my part, I've been using, like, a 34-ounce Camelback bottle, the okay. whatever BPA-free fucking bottle. So yeah. I drink, you know, like four or five of those a day. So that's well over the 128 ounces. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I do it. <laughs> so I do it because of how much I drink at night. So, okay. so I know I'm prehydrated. I used to do it because I thought, okay, I have to be hydrated. Then it changed into, well, I mean, I'm running every day, and I don't run as much. I do more kind of run walks now, but 
But if I know I'm hydrated in my head, I'm like, oh, well, I can drink more and be okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I because I got I bought this water bottle a, a few months ago, and mm-hmm. it's a 24 ounce bottle, and it's all that I drink out of now. And mostly, it's just crystal light tea that I'm drinking, but I drink a fair amount of water too. And um, I don't I don't even know how many times I fill it up a day. Probably four or five. Okay. So 24 ounces. That's 96. You're hitting gallon almost. So I'm getting almost, probably almost a gallon, yeah. Right. But um, but the article that I read said that like there's no need to drink eight glasses of water a day. That that's kind of an arbitrary number that was set up like probably about a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Really, what you should do is if you're thirsty, you should drink, which is essentially what I do. I'm I'm pretty much constantly thirsty, which I'm always worried means that I'm probably headed towards diabetes. But whoa. The couple times I've been tested for it, I've been right. fine on that. But my dad's a diabetic, so right. but a lot of that has to do with diet. Um, I think a, a lot of that research is kind of always changing because, yeah, from what I've read, when you're thirsty, it's too too late. Yeah, you're already well, dehydrated. The, the article that I read had. Um, I don't know, four, four or six different quote experts chimed in on it. And they all said that like the, the eight glasses a day thing isn't right. And that you should drink, basically you want light yellow pee. You don't want it to be clear because if it's clear, you're drinking too much and it shouldn't be clear, but it should be light yellow. And that you should take into account the fact that you get a lot of water from food. So and that's essentially what I look for. Like if it's clear, sometimes I'm like, Oh hell yeah, I'm real hydrated. But if it's like dark, then I'm like, all right, you got some work to do here. But I think usually it's probably pretty good, but I don't ever like give any thought to, Oh, I got to drink more water. I got to drink more fluids. I got to drink. Like I'm just constantly thirsty. So I, I'm always drinking. Right. You know? And, um, I guess, and like, I, but I, I haven't, since I've gone, I don't drink pop anymore. I do notice that it's before I think I was drinking just because I was like addicted to pop. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think that I'm drinking because I'm just always thirsty, you know? Right. But then that makes me wonder, like, maybe I wasn't really addicted to pop. Maybe that's just what I was drinking. And I, I was always thirsty and I drank pop, so that's what I was drinking. I don't know. Right. Well, two things I notice when I don't drink as much water. One, when I drink alcohol and I don't drink as much water, I get either Charlie horses or headaches. And Yeah. And uh, I don't like either one of those. Two, uh, if I don't drink this amount of water that I do usually, maybe my body just expect it, just expects it. But then I'm not as uh, my digestive system is not as efficient. So <laughs> yeah. 
I think it's a person by person, case by case basis. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I so so I I had picked up this like old Boy Scout manual for Adam, um, and this is from I think the fifties possibly, and and I'm I'm paraphrasing this okay so it didn't don't quote it but it basically said if you don't take a shit every day you're fine so i mean <laughs> you can go like three or four days and that's okay as long as you're eating and we know that that's not good um i can't imagine not going a day without you know, i've fucking met people that like go like twice a week and they're that's just odd but yeah. but for their bodies that's that's okay i mean i think it's a case yeah. by case thing yeah i guess but if they would go every day they'd be on a schedule and they'd never have to go in public they'd never have to go other than going right before a shower right well it's, that's see like the shower thing is just like why wouldn't you take a shot like i don't I don't think being regular dictates the shower. To me, it does because I only want to take one shower a day. But if you, you go at four o'clock, you're then I'm taking a shower at four o five. Well, I mean that's okay. <laughs> okay. I remember as a kid hearing that Oral Hershiser, who was a pitcher for the Dodgers, used to take three showers a day. Yeah. I, that's which is kind of crazy to me. I don't know why he why he showered so much. I I just remember him. I just remember hearing that he would like shower in the morning and then shower when he got to the park and then shower after he got to the park or shower after the game and then when he got home or I don't know. I, I don't know what his deal was. Three showers a day seems like overkill, but he it I guess it worked for him. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, hell, sore horseizer. Yeah. It, I mean, is he in the Hall of Fame? He's not. Okay. No, he's he's uh, he doesn't deserve. He, he's Hall in, of Very as, Good. As yeah, he's in the Hall of Very yes. Good. He's not. He's not a Hall of Famer. Um, that nineteen eighty eight season though, that's a Hall of Fame season. Fifty six innings without an earned run. Fifty six or fifty eight innings without a right. run. Yeah, which is like six complete games without a run it's insane that's kind of why i so there's a perfect example of somebody who did something that hasn't been done yet overall is in hall of that's it's it's kind of like jake arietta yeah where his 2015 second half was one of the best ever. And right. today, people have short-term memory revisionist history, and they want to say that he is the most dominant pitcher for a time period in like history. And, and I'm like, eh, I'm still going to take Bob Gibson over G fucking Jake Arietta any fucking day of the week. Right, 
Right. Well, I was reading about Don Drysdale the other day and who was a pitcher for the Dodgers back in the sixties. Mm -hmm. And he's the one whose record Oral Hershiser broke of consecutive scoreless innings. And the last game that Drysdale pitched where he broke the record, or I don't know if he broke the record, but I think it was the last scoreless game that he pitched was June 4th, 1968, maybe June 5th. I think it's June 4th, though, 1968, which was the night of the California Democratic primary, which Robert Kennedy won. And in Kennedy's victory speech, he talks about, he starts off talking about how Don Drysdale pitched another shutout and congratulations to Don Drysdale. And then he goes on and gives his speech and then, you know, off to Chicago and let's win there, Robert Kennedy says, and then he goes and he gets killed right in the, right after that. And Don Drysdale was um, in Montreal in 1993, maybe, I don't remember the year, but um, he was a Dodgers broadcaster and he had a he had a heart attack and he died in a hotel room in Montreal. Holy cow. And they found in his pocket, a copy of Robert Kennedy's speech from that night, which he carried around in his pocket every day since 1968, 25 years earlier. Wow. Kennedy mentioned him in the speech and he respected Robert Kennedy so much. Man. Which is, it's just one of those things that like when I hear that, it's just like, like it gives me chills just, just thinking that, you know, just these two colossal achievements, mm -hmm. like, you know, no people had, not that people had forgotten about it, but people didn't think about Robert Kennedy mentioning Don Drysdale in that speech. But Don Drysdale thought about it every single day of his life right. for the rest yeah. of his life and carried that speech in his pocket, which is just crazy. Right. You know? Like he, mentioned them i mean yeah. yeah yeah and i mean it was you know it was he was giving the speech in los angeles at the uh oh man why do i not know the name of that hotel brian i don't know what's the name of that hotel in los angeles <clears throat> it doesn't nobody cares except for me um but anyway it was in los angeles and he played for the los angeles dodgers so it was it made sense why he would mention him. <clears throat> anyway. All right. I have no idea where we are on time because we've taken a couple of pee breaks. Right. So. I mean, we're probably over an hour. All right. You want to end it or you want to go one more? Uh, we'll go one more, whatever. All right. Um, I read this article about the, the natural effects, the, the effects on the natural world that this pandemic is having. Mm -hmm. And it was about like some shit that I don't care about, basically about how there's, there's seismographs are picking fewer tremors because there's less, there's fewer people around. And um, I don't know, some other stuff I didn't care about, but something that I do care about is I wonder if, there's less light pollution because there's less stuff going on at night. Right. 
and like, what if we could organize, what if everybody just decided like, all right, we're all stuck at home anyway. We're all like stuck in our houses We're you know, there's no businesses, there's no concerts, there's no Broadway, there's nothing going on at night. How about everybody just turn out their lights at nine o'clock local time? So everybody can just go outside and go and look up and see what a dark sky looks like. Because like one of the things, and you'll, you'll remember this from astronomy class with Bruce Rivne <laughs> in 1997. <laughs> okay, we won't say it, but you're, I know you're thinking of a particular sentence right now. We'll just say assets. <laughs> One of the best quotes you've ever come up with. This is what 30 years of friendships, yep. <laughs> friendship tells you one word and you know exactly what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> you know, light pollution is a major problem for astronomy and for, for seeing the night sky. And um, a few years ago, I found this spot like 28 miles south of here to go watch the um, Perseid meteor showers mm -hmm. in August. Mm -hmm. And I drove out there and actually you and I went out there uh, like maybe the following year um, to watch the, the meteor shower. Too. Yeah, we watched the Perseids in a couple areas. Yeah. The first time that I went out there, I went out by myself and it was a perfect night. No moon, clear sky, like out in the middle of nowhere. And I pulled off onto this gravel road and I got out of the car and I looked up and I was actually like a little bit frightened when I looked mm -hmm. up because I saw so many stars and it just made me feel so small and so like unimportant. And so like, it, it was the weirdest feeling ever of just like looking up and just I mean, it really made just made me feel how huge the universe was because there were so many stars. <clears throat> and it's not something that you ever see unless you're completely separate from any light pollution. But I think now we have this chance with like nothing going on. Like I wish someone would organize, like everybody just turn off your lights at nine o'clock and go outside and look up and it would give everybody a chance just to get outside and look up and see what you've been missing right like, arno a lot of the lights around here like automatic though i mean like yeah that that's what i was thinking like in in a lot of those places you'd end up like i mean you drive past the menards at two in the morning it's fully lit oh yeah because you know for security reasons right. and whatever it would be really difficult to do but if you could do it, like now is the prime time to do it. Right. And I mean, because there's people in cities that have never seen stars before. Really? You know, because you look, you look up in a city, you're not going to see any stars. Yeah. There's too much light pollution. Even around here. Like if I go outside and look up, I can barely make out the big dipper. Mm -hmm. But you drive 28 miles south of here in the, in a country road and look up and like, it's hard to make out the big dipper, but, it's hard to make it out because there's so many damn stars, you, right. know what you know, so, and that's just there, you know, I've always wanted to go to these islands in the middle of Lake Michigan 
North and South Manitou Islands, which are like 30 miles off the coast in the middle of nowhere. I can't imagine what that must look like with no light pollution. You know, you're just surrounded by lake everywhere. Mm -hmm. It must be awful. But anyway, there's a, with my kids being off school, I thought maybe it's going to be prime time to take them out in the middle of nowhere to watch a meteor shower. There's the Lyrid meteor shower, April 21st. Okay. And like right before dawn is the best time to see a meteor shower because it's always darkest before the dawn. And um, so maybe just take them out there to show them like, look at this, look how dark it is and look, look at these meteor showers. Right. And look up that would be cool. Although I don't, did you and I, did we see any meteors when we went out? I don't think we Yeah, we, they were sporadic. Yeah. And I, rem, I rem, remember I actually bought lawn chairs afterwards in order to keep heading, heading out. We haven't been out in quite a while. No, we haven't, we haven't gone out in a long time. We should. Um, yeah. April 21st, 22nd. So the 20th is a Monday. So the 21st would be a Tuesday. So it'd be a Tuesday night. Right. For the Lyrid. So if my kids don't want to go and you're up for going, let's go. All right. Maybe, maybe we'll go and we'll do an entire podcast from us sitting out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, sure. Meteors. Right. That might be good. Get some like bullfrogs and stuff, bullfrog recordings and. I heard bullfrogs last time I went out there. That's why I'm thinking of bullfrogs. Nature. Nature. Yeah. yeah. Nature. <laughs> we probably shouldn't drink, though, if we're going to do that. Unless we're just, like, camping out there overnight. Right. Yeah, probably shouldn't. What if we're not enter as entertaining if we're not drinking? Well, I mean, we have not had drinks on this podcast before that, that's true that's true like episode six or seven or eight or something I like that i think a few of the earlier war earlier ones where we had to record on a saturday like early afternoon right as if we're above drinking at that but time. i prefer to be drinking well i well <laughs> i'm easier to take if you have it if you drink. well i mean uh one time we did record earlier and we drank and I ended up like taking a nap shortly afterward. <laughs> <laughs> I swear there's no worse feeling than when you're drinking during the day and it's like five o'clock and you're ready for a nap. Well, that is the thing with drinking earlier early is that you, you have to keep drinking. There is no stopping because once you yeah, stop, you it's stop. over. You, right, right. Tired, you fucking want to lay down, and yeah. Unless you can organize it so, like, you know, you have a day of day drinking, and then you're like, all right, I just need like two or three hours of sleep, and then I'm good. And if you can actually get that, then that's that's a colossal. Day. Yeah. But I don't know. That that takes some good planning. It does. All right. Well, we made it through another episode. We did. One more episode of having these lovely drinks with Lang Ice. This Blom Brothers whiskey was graced with with Lang Ice. 
and it clearly, I mean, it's clear as day, made made my drink happy, and it made my mouth happy. So, once again, Lang Ice. I'm glad you remembered the Lang Ice thing because I I did not remember it at all. I wasn't even gonna like provide you time to do your Lang Ice. Thing. I know. Well, I mean, it just hit me. <laughs> Good. We what if what if we like didn't do a Lang Ice promo and somebody like emailed us and was like, "What the hell? Hey, what happened to Lang- where's your fucking Lang Ice at?" Yeah, but hey, just because we're not mentioning it doesn't mean we're not thinking of exactly. It. Even if it even if an episode should go by without it, as Willie Nelson says, "You were always on my mind." It happens. It happens. All right. Thanks for talking, man. Thanks for listening to all you guys. Um, come back on Thursday for probably, probably less bathroom talk. I don't guarantee it, but probably. But the bathroom talk will no doubt be replaced by something else uh, equally as interesting and entertaining. So thanks for listening. Give us a five-star review. Tell your friends and uh, check back on Thursday. Thanks. Thanks.